Okay. Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 6. Now, the last time we met, we were looking at verses 1 and 2 of Galatians chapter 6. And that was before that cold blast came in by God's providence, which was wonderful, wasn't it? And um, I'm not going to murmur against God's sovereignty, right? We're not going to do that. No, no. But um, where we saw that we're to, we're to come alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ when they fall into temptation or, or, or sin. We're to come along beside them. We're not, we're not to beat them up. Religion beats people up. Religion kicks you when you're down. God's grace, the people who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God will not do that. Now today, this is amazing because this message will actually tie in with next week's message in the book of Acts where we're going to look at Ananias and, and his wife who were hypocrites within the church. Oh my, and this verse today actually ties in with that as well. Let's read the first 10 verses of Galatians chapter 6. The name of the message is self-deception. Self-deception. Brethren, if a man, we know or a woman, be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Notice that? In the spirit of meekness, which is one of the fruit of the spirit, right? And it's the opposite of harshness. It's gentleness. So we're to come to our brothers and sisters who are overtaken by a fault or by a sin, and look what we are. Restore in one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. My. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, we know the law of Christ is love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we do that, we'll help them out, won't we? We'll help them, especially those of the household of faith, right? For if a, look at this verse. Look at this. This is amazing. This is our verse today. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. That, of course, is speaking of judgment. And we're going to look at that in the next, next week. We'll look at verses three and four next week for every or let let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things be not deceived god is not mocked right god's not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he reap for he that soweth in the to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, look at this, let us do good unto all men, especially, especially. Now look at, again, look at, look at verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. Now he's writing to the church, right? Look at this, and then look at, look at verse 10 again. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them which are the household of faith. So we're not to kick our brother and sister when they're down. We're not to toss them out of the church. No, we, we're to come beside them in meekness and say, 
Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Right? Let us look to Christ together. Let us look to the one who's forgiven us of all our sins. And, and the reason being, we could fall into the same temptation or the same sin as they could, couldn't we? We're, we're all susceptible. We're susceptible to the worst sin that man commits. We're all susceptible to that. It, but for the grace of God. Now this brings it down low, doesn't it? This, this, brings, us, this brings us to the point where we're beggars, aren't we? You know, see, you hear in religion, God's begging people to come. They've got, the, they got, the, they got it totally backwards. We beg God to save us. We're the beggars. Right? We're the beggars. My, oh my. So again, look at verse 1. Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Have you ever saw someone fall into sin and then, and then you do the same thing? Maybe not right away, but down the road? It happens, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we should make every effort. We should make some effort and, and some attempt to do something to recover our loved one from any sinful trap he might have fallen into. Now, if, if somebody in our family, our blood family, fell into something, we're going to want to help them, aren't we? Especially to the household of faith. Especially to the brethren in Christ and the sisters in Christ. Especially. That's what it says in verse 10, doesn't it? Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Who are, who are fellow citizens of heaven who are fellow blood-washed believers struggling in this world just like we are. My! And we're going to go to that person in the spirit of meekness. Again, meekness is one of the, the fruits of the spirit. And again, the, 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 the spirit of meekness is the total opposite of, of harshness. How many times through the year have you seen someone in church being harsh to other people? We witnessed it, didn't we, Charlie? It happened to Charlie. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but it happened and I saw it and it was awful. But it happened three or four years ago. So I don't have to get into details, do I? No love. And it was, it was awful. It was awful. My own, it's, yeah, it just shows you. How, and, and, and as I was putting this message together, I'm sorry, but I couldn't be, be happy, but to be struck with, with some things that happened in the past here. I, I couldn't help but be struck by that. We don't have that now, praise be to God. Hallelujah. We have unity. We have peace. Like we were talking, Sister Karen, we have something special. All under the blood of Christ. All sinners saved by grace. All susceptible to the same sin as our brothers and sisters. And we don't look down upon each other, do we? No, we esteem each other better than ourselves. You can't believe sometimes what I say about some of you to Vicky. I'm like, my, there's such a blessing. 
I, I look at you all, and, I, and, 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 and I'm not trying to puff you up, but I see faithful people, faithful to the Lord. People, I, I, I talk to guys across the road, and they're talking about um, praying and reading the Bible, and I said, I preach to folks who read the Bible. I preach to folks who tell me when they're praying for me, I know they're praying for me. Hallelujah. And you do. And I, I, we, we, Vicky and I cherish that, beloved. But we don't esteem ourselves better than you. We esteem you better than ourselves. I'm just a servant. I heard a preacher. It was wonderful this week. He said, the pastor's a servant of the church. No better than anyone else. Just called to a position to preach the gospel. Amen. That's not been what I said for, for years from the pulpit, right? But all we see here that there's someone who thinks they're something when they're nothing and they're doing nothing but deceiving themselves. Oh my. So we need to go to our brothers and sisters who fall into sin just like we do, right? I asked a couple guys across the road, well, when's the last time you sinned? Well, let me think. I said, well, you're sinning right now. <laughs> we're full of sin. <laughs> but we're saved if you're a believer. Isn't it? You know, who was it? Henry used to say, Some, sin isn't something we do. It's what we are. It's in, it's in our nature until, even when we're born again, what do we still have? The flesh. And we do not battle with it all the time. No wonder the Holy Spirit had Paul pen these words about come alongside your brother and sister in the spirit of meekness and restore them. Don't beat them down. Don't beat them down. Oh, my. My, oh, my. We could fall into the same sinful trap. We could even do something more sinful. Right? You imagine if God opened up our minds and everybody was exposed, our, all our thoughts and sins for just 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. Yeah, it could even take a minute, couldn't it, sister? You're right. Amen. And that was exposed. Oh, we'd be in such shame, wouldn't we? Oh, my. And we're, we're born-again believers. Praise God for the blood, as you said, Brother Dave. Praise God for the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin, beloved. My. I heard a preacher say, you know, I hope the Holy Spirit's here. And, and, and he had just finished saying, you know, he felt like the Holy Spirit's presence was with him. And he says, well, I hope he's here. Well, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there, there is Christ in the midst of us, isn't he? We don't have to doubt that, do we? We know he's in our midst. We know it. And, and just the spirit within the church is incredible, beloved. And that comes about by the mighty power and work of God, the Holy Spirit. It's not by us. Not by anything we do. And think of this. If we can't, if we can't forgive our brothers and sisters who've gone astray, how can we expect God to forgive us? You know, that, that's the thing. When I consider how much God's forgiven me, is it not easy for us when we consider how much God's forgiven us, all our sins? Is it not easy for us to forgive others? 
What makes it easier, right? Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it takes being honest. Sometimes it's not easy, is it? Sometimes we hold on to that thing a little bit, don't we? But when we finally let it go, because do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? When we're not forgiving someone, it's not hurting them. It's hurting us. You ever think of that? It's us who's getting worked up. They, don't, they might not even know we're mad at them. Isn't that wild? <laughs> they don't even care that we're mad at them. And here we are, we can get ourselves, can we get ourselves in the fuss? Real fast, can't we? Donnie Bell said, I can, sit, I, can, I can sit in my easy chair and get so worked up. And I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, brother. And get so worked up, he said, and just be thrashing people in my mind. Is it true? Oh, we're, aren't you glad that all our sins are forgiven by the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Doesn't it make you want to shout for joy? Oh my, it's wonderful. Listen to this. The scripture says there, bear you what, in verse 2 it says, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Over in John 13, 34, it says, a new commandment I give you unto you, that ye love one another as I've loved you. And that's a, that's a agape love, right? That's a, my oh my. That's, that's a love that we can't even humanly touch, but we're to love our brother. That's the love that the Spirit puts in our hearts, beloved. As I have loved you, that you should love one another. You see, God-given faith works by love, doesn't it? It, it? it works by love. It's the first fruit of the Spirit mentioned, love. Without love, Paul says it's like a sounding a brass timbrel with no, no, nothing, just a ding, and that's it. Nothing. But with love, oh my. You know what I pray before I get in the public? That God would use the words to minister to you and to minister to me as I'm putting the message together. That we would be built up and edified in Christ and that it would go forth and God would use it to, to draw in lost sinners. That's my hope. Feed the sheep and pray for the lost. Right? Oh my. So as this message goes, pray with me as these messages go forth. I know you do. I know you do. As these messages go forth. So the sins we commit, think of this, are against God. And they're heavy burdens for us, aren't they? They're heavy burdens for us. Well, bear one another's burdens. So if a brother or sister is overtaken in fault, love will move us to bear that burden for the one we love. For the one we love. But burdens are not limited to sinful weaknesses. A loss of a loved one can be a burden. A heavy, heavy burden. Financial stress can be a heavy burden, right? Physical maladies, sickness, pain, and many other things that we could list. Our children can sometimes cause us heartache, right? They're making wrong decisions. My oh my. These are all burdens to the people of God. So in Corinthians it says, love beareth all. The love that's inside us from the Holy Spirit bears all that. Bears the burdens of each other. That's why I love how we have that little prayer list and we can send out messages and 
pray for one another. It's wonderful, beloved, to know what each other's going through and to pray for each other. And even, even relatives as well, too. Family members and friends. When true Christian love grips our heart, there's a genuine concern for us to bear the burdens of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And in doing so, we're fulfilling the law of Christ, which is a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you should love one another. Let's read verse 3. Here we go. Now we're getting into the text here. For if a man think himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. And note the word for at the beginning, right? For that ties this verse into verses 1 and 2. That's an immediate tie-in to verses 1 and 2. So if anyone imagines or thinks that they're better than their fallen brother or sister or that they would not do the things that that brother and sister did because they think they're stronger, maybe more mature in their minds, more spiritually mature, or they could even think that they're more righteous you know we have equal righteousness in Christ? You ever think of that? Not one of us is more righteous than the other. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and the righteousness we have is not our righteousness. <laughs> it's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? There's no, not one of us is better than the other. And we admit that in grace. We admit that. Oh, so this person spoken of, they... They may think they're more holy. They may think they're more righteous than the one who's fallen. But we see in the scripture here, they're deceiving themselves. That's what the scripture is telling us. They're actually deceiving themselves. They're setting themselves up as the one who, who is over all the other people. Do you know there was someone here that left that used to sit up top there and, and look and say, that person's saved, that person's not, that person's saved, that person's not, that person's saved, that person's not. That's horrible. That's judging from the outside. Right? That thief on the cross... He was a condemned thief. He was condemned. Barnabas, who, who was released, he was condemned to die by the law. Every one of us outside of Christ and all the world outside of Christ is condemned by the law. The only reason we found mercy in the eyes of the Lord is the same reason that Noah found grace in the eyes is is that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The only reason we're different from anyone else in this world is because we found grace in the eyes of the Lord and it had nothing to do with us. Isn't that amazing? That's grace. And that grace will produce a love. That grace will produce a love. A love that we esteem others better than ourselves. 
we hear there's a need in the body, we want the help, don't we? We want, I remember one time we found out that a family was in need, and I think within, a, within one service there was $1,500 raised to help them out for groceries and stuff. That's God's, that's, that's the love of God in our hearts. Isn't that amazing? It, it's, it's sacrificial giving, isn't it? We give because we love one another. We give here for the furtherance of the gospel. And we're going to see, we're going to see that in, in our study in the main service that people sold their houses. Now that was a, that was a one-time thing. That was not, I, I'm not telling you to sell your house and give all the money to the church. It's not, I'm, I'm, people have missed, people have missed, no, I'm not like that. You know that. But people have misused that text and just, just misused it so much. But they entrusted the apostles with the finances. We, as a body, entrust Dan with the finances, don't we? And he takes good care of them. And, and I, I, you know I don't have nothing to do with it. Brother Dan and Sister Kathy, they, they plug away at it and do a wonderful job. But we've entrusted them with that, haven't we? We love them. My, oh, my. But this, this person here spoken of, they think they're something. When actually, they're nothing. And they deceive themselves. And the one spoken of in verse 3 here looks down at the body of Christ, asking themselves, or thinking themselves, not asking, thinking themselves to be better than everybody else. Better than everybody else. And we see here that they deceive themselves. And you know what else they do? They cause division within the body. They disrupt the unity of the body because of the way they look down on others and consider themselves more righteous than the other believers. Turn, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 6. We'll look here. This is how, how seriously the Lord takes people who cause division in the church. And what does, what does this look, I'll ask you, what does this looking down at others, where does that come from? Pride. You hit it right there, sister. Pride. What did um, Henry Mahan used to say? Pride of life, pride of self, pride of who we are, where we came from. Proud. But, and yet the Lord says in Isaiah, don't forget the rock you were hewn from. Don't forget where you came from. I'm the, I'm the son of a trailer mechanic and the, the son of a housewife. Praise be to God. Just common Canadian kid. My, oh my. Look at this. Look at this. And note what's the first thing. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven, are an abomination unto him. Look at the first one. A proud look. You hit it, sister. A proud look. 
All these things stem from pride. Pride, beloved. Pride is a slayer. Look at this. A proud look. A lion tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Plotting things. Plotting things. With no one else knowing. Or maybe in with cahoots with some other folks. Plotting a bunch of stuff. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And look at this. This is serious stuff. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Look at that. So these spoken of. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 6 verse 3. These spoken of. Think themselves to be something. When they're nothing. They're nothing. And when they see others in a. In a in a fault or a sin or carrying a heavy burden they just look at themselves and think that won't happen to me look at them you know when I was a Pharisee and I was in religion and I praise God my wife stuck with me through this I, I used to do this and this I'm so ashamed of this I would look at other people and, and, and I'd say how can they be a Christian and do that I had no clue about grace beloved now, I knew doctrine. Oh, yeah. I knew doctrine. I could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. But there was no grace. Praise be to God. God showed me grace. Aren't you thankful he showed you grace? And now I don't look at people and say, how can they do that? I look at myself and say, how can I do that? But please forgive me, Lord. Is it so with you too? We're just being honest, aren't we? My, oh my. So these folks spoken of in Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, they deceivingly think that they're maybe too spiritual, or too, too righteous, too holy, to ever fall in that kind of sinful trap. And they're thinking that it must be pleasing to God that I'm not falling into that trap. Pride. There it is, right there. Pride, just... Just dripping and oozing pride. We all have it, don't we? Still, even after we're after we're saved, <laughs> we still battle against it, don't we? Things come in our mind. We think, "What am I thinking that way for?" Right? You ever had that happen? Yeah. Do you know Spurgeon? Don't 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 feel don't feel like you're alone because we're all in the same boat. But Spurgeon said he'd be in prayer. And the most hideous things would come in his mind. And he'd think, where did that come from? And he goes, oh, I know where that came from. And just plead the blood. Plead the blood, beloved. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Isn't it wonderful? Past, present, and future. Oh, my. Do you know the scripture says man at his best state is altogether vanity? Remember the Lord said, you're all a bunch of unprofitable servants. <laughs> yep, that's us. <laughs> Without Christ, we're nothing, are we? See, we realize that, though, don't we? We've been taught that now. We, we owe our being, our knowledge, everything we know. Think of this. We own our being, our breath, our life. We own our being. 
We own our knowledge. We, we, we owe our mercies. We owe our preservation. We owe the gifts that God's bestowed upon us. And every believer has gifts. And we owe all that to God and God alone. All of it. <laughs> Even the stuff we do in our everyday work and jobs or whatever, we owe all the knowledge to be able to do that stuff to God. My, oh, my. My. And we know that we're nothing without Christ. We know that now, don't we? We didn't know that before, did we? I thought I was something before the Lord saved me. Did you? We all did. We all thought we were something. And we find out we're nothing. <laughs> oh, what a change in us. We admit it. Right? We thought we were something. Now we say, I'm nothing without Christ. Only God, can only God can take a rebel, a sinner, and turn him into one who praises a saved sinner who says, I'm nothing without Christ. <laughs> Isn't it one? It's wonderful, beloved. God's done that to each of us as believers. Praise his mighty name. That's all we can say, right? Praise his mighty name for his goodness and mercy and grace. Oh, my. And all such pride and, and self-righteousness, we saw in Proverbs there, it's all an abomination to God. It's an abomination in his eyes. Such an attitude in anyone shows them to be destitute of God's grace. As Dave said earlier, no love. Now, they know doctrine. They can come dressed up. They can come any way. They can shake your hands. But there's no grace. There's no love. And that will become manifest over time. That will become manifest over time. My. Someone can only put an act on for so long. God's not mocked, is he? What a man soweth, that shall he reap. My, oh my. And that, see, now we know why the scripture says for us to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith, right? Who am I trusting right now? I'm trusting Christ and his righteousness and his perfect sin atoning work right now, are you? That's my only hope. I'm just a nothing and he's the one, as Scott used to say. I love that. And you put the one beside the zero and, and we're only something because of him. You take him away, we're still a zero, aren't we? What a great, what a great, a great way to bring it out. My, oh my. This is why we need to be saved from our sins, beloved. This is why we, we need to be saved. And, and a person in this kind of attitude, they're destitute of grace. They, don't, they have no grace with other people. They don't manifest love. They manifest harshness. And they're unforgiven, too. My, oh, my. I knew someone who left. They were, they were angry with a fella for 20 years because he didn't go out to dinner with them when a preacher was visiting. 20 years. They, and he kept telling me, kept bringing it up. I said, well, you haven't forgiven him. 
I said, well, that's, that's the fact. See, I got myself in trouble just being me, right? My, oh my. But that's, isn't that not true? If you're still bringing something up 20 years later, that's the spirit of unforgiveness, beloved. We need to let the, keep short accounts, beloved. Keep short accounts. I'm serious. It, it'll be the most blessed thing for you to keep short accounts. Just let stuff go again because it's not hurting them. It's hurting you, right? It's festering in you. It's, 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 scripture says, building a tree of bitterness within us. Take the axe to it, man. Take the axe. Go, oh God, take the axe to that bitterness tree. Chop it down, Lord, please. Oh, and how does it get chopped down? With the gospel? You're all a bunch of sinners. <laughs> You're no better than each other. <laughs> eh? Just blows from the master's axe. And it takes someone who thinks there's something and makes us into nothing, doesn't it? Nothing without Christ. Something in his eyes. Now, now think of that. We think we're nothing. And he says, you're jewels in my eyes. You're jewels in my eyes. Oh my. Isn't that wonderful? And let us never forget these questions. Who makes us to differ? And what do you have that you didn't receive? Right? And what else thou that didn't, didn't, didn't receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Why, if God's given us grace, we can't boast in that, can we? Because we're just a bunch of sinners. We don't deserve it. So let we who are the redeemed ponder these truths, that in our unregenerate state, we were nothing in the sight of God. Now, we were as sheep, right? But we're just sinners like everybody else. He knew who we were. He knew who we were. And think of this. If God hadn't have chosen us in Christ, if he hadn't have chosen us in Christ, if he hadn't redeemed us by the blood of Christ and made us willing to come to Christ, We'd be nothing in his eyes. But instead he says, you're mine. Brian, doesn't that make our hearts sing, brother? Whew, you're mine. Mine. And we say, take my life, Lord. Let it be consecrated, Lord, for thee, right? Do with me whatever you will. Use me for the furtherance of your kingdom. My, oh my. And let us remember that God himself is the one who gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we have that has eternal value, all spiritual blessings, they're all in Christ and they all come from God. And I'll tell you this, if you have Christ, you have everything. All that a sinner needs is found in Christ. Everything we need is found in Christ.